Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. Good morning, church. Well, we're starting a brand new series called New You, New Relationships. We, we ended our series a couple of weeks ago of uh, New Year, New You, and so... Now that you're perfect in every way, <laughs> new you, it's time to learn how to do relationships uh, in a new way. And so today we're going to kick this off at, with, with something we've never done before. Those of you who've never met my wife, Jamie, this is Jamie right here. We pastor seeds church together. And, uh, and so today we're going to just tell our story, but I just want to say some things too, um, I, I kind of prayed at the beginning of worship, and I, a lot of you were here. Some, some of you were not here yet. You know, you kind of trickle in. But I just feel like, you know, our church is on a trajectory right now for something, for God to do something big. And I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I don't have a crystal ball. I just, there's this feeling, there's this anticipation growing. And I don't know if it's going to all happen at one, like, butt bursting of the seams and, you know, like, or, or, if it's a, or if it's a ramp. But I just want us, I just want to encourage you to be in step with the Lord. And I just had this picture of like uh, the Holy Spirit is like the, sar- you know, the sergeant and he's leading the platoon. And he's, he's in step. He's in march. And if you're in that platoon, you've got to be in step with the same cadence with him. And not the Holy, like, you know, not that if you get out of step, the Holy Spirit's going to make you do 100 push-ups. But, yeah, thank God, right? But, um, I mean, I could do 100 push-ups. I don't know about you, but. But I just, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It was deserved. (laughs) But I just want to be in step. I want to be in cadence with the Holy Spirit. That's what my heart desires. Because I really feel like Holy Spirit has got something unique and special for us. Like, I, I don't, I want to stop trying to, like, like I said in my prayer earlier, like, just be satisfied with hearing what God is doing in other places. I want to see His Spirit move here in us and through us. I, I'm tired of just like saying, well, this is the way everyone else does things, and so that's what we're going to model after. Um, I, I want to. I want to know uniquely what is God calling Siege Church to do and be and look like. And so I just want to throw that out there. It has nothing to do with the series, uh, but I, I just want to plant that inside of you so that if, if I know many of you are already feeling the same thing, so let that this be affirmation to that. Uh, but for some of you, you're like, man, I, I I guess I need to just be in cadence. I need to be in step. And so we welcome you. Come and get in step. Come and get in cadence with us. Uh, yeah, so this morning, as we tell our story, uh, it, this is going to be just really conversational, very kind of just this narrative of, of our story from how we met up until basically when we got married. And then next week, we're going to take another step. Um, we're going to be really vulnerable and share some, like, yuck about some things we've walked through in marriage because I think every marriage needs to hear that. And those of you that are single, you need to hear too. Like, yes. Yeah, and so Jamie's going to air all of her dirty laundry and in front of y'all. show and tell how graceful I was and forgiving. No, I'm just kidding. No. Casey? 
Okay, all right. But here, here's the deal. So in the, in the next few minutes, as we tell our story, there's going to be some things that we may stop and pause and say, here, take note of this. And then there might be some things that we just like tell our story and the Holy Spirit is just telling you, you need to take note of this. So it's like, hey, take note to self. Note to self. And so I would encourage you, get your phone out, get your paper and your pen out and be ready to write some things down that Holy Spirit's speaking to you today as we just tell our story. And like, hey, these are just notes to self that Holy Spirit wants me to highlight about myself, about how to do relationships, about just whatever he speaks to you. So just be prepared for that. And it was kind of funny. We, we didn't really have this plan, but how many of you saw a few days ago on Valentine's Day, Jamie and I posted this video of this song that we wrote called Note to Self. Yeah, and so we, we, we didn't like plan on, hey, let's be really clever and write this song and then play it on Sunday because we're really narcissistic and we like seeing our faces on the screen. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was just like we had already planned to do this and we had wrote this song and the next day she was like, you know, let's just play this song for everybody because note to self. So watch this. Check this out. Happy, Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to you. We thought we'd play y'all a song if you'd like to listen. That we wrote just now. Just now. This is what we do for date night. This is Valentine's date night for the Swillies. There you have it. We kick the kids out and we write songs. And you have now been welcomed into this intimate setting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. for breakups flower given always brings a smile life's too short for bad books and folding fitted sheets and dirty looks don't forget the good things take a while just because I think it in my head Unwise to know to know to 
so very, very hard. But if we work it, baby, it'll be worth it. <laughs> Just because I think it in my head, it doesn't mean that it should come out of my My daughter's like, why did you kiss? <laughs> She's also our first one that was for practice. Yeah. <laughs> She's the most behaved one, too. But anyway, I don't know. Uh, uh, come on, somebody laugh at that. Uh, I want to share with you two scriptures here before we dive into the story. Um, two things that I, I had as it related to relationships. The Bible has a lot to talk about relationships. God's Word is just full of just relationship wisdom and guidance. And in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul's writing the church in Ephesus. And he's, this is what he says here in verse 1. He says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. So, just... With what I'm about to say next, what I'm about to read next, this is the context. This is like Paul, the apostle, is imploring us to walk worthy in a manner of the calling which we've been called. And he's about to like lay out part of how we do that. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That's how we are able to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you've been called to. And so, you know what? Of course, that has to do with our relationship with the Lord. But I think probably that has a lot more to do with our relationship with each other. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And then another scripture I had in mind was when Jesus uh, is spending his last moments with the disciples um, before he goes to Gethsemane. And, and in John chapter 13, verse uh, 30 something, and th- 34, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then right here, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And I think sometimes we just kind of, we've heard that passage a thousand times and we read through it and we 
okay, well, yeah, that was nice. You know, God wants to love each other. But that very last statement Jesus is saying, he's like, he's, he's like revealing a strategy on how to carry the gospel to the world. He's revealing evangelistic strategy there by the way that we do relationships. The world are going to know that you belong to me, that you're Christ followers, that you are little Christians by the way that you treat one another, by the way that you love one another. And so the way we do relationships is imperative. I mean, life without relationships means nothing. It means nothing. Obviously, first and foremost, our primary relationship is between us and God. But then it's not, it doesn't just stop there. Like, we have a, a responsibility to steward and love one another. And God is like, hey, it, this is an evangelism strategy. It's not just about, like, what Renee was saying. We can have all the goosebumps and sing Kumbaya. But there's, there's mission behind it, which I think is very exciting. So, Jamie, why don't you start us off on this journey of this story? Did everybody get chocolate? Oh, yeah. It's very important to me that everybody has chocolate. Okay, so if you didn't get it, get it on the way out. But if you have chocolate, this is your moment. You can open it and eat it because we're going to take you on a Hallmark movie story moment right now. Legitimately. Um, okay, so if you just rewind with me for a moment um, about 22 and a half years ago. Um, I was a sophomore in high school. This is our story, y'all. So we're just going to be real. I was a sophomore in high school. and uh, or, Sorry, in college. I was a sophomore in college. And um, I was dating um, the man that was the youth pastor at my dad's church. And everybody thought we were going to get married. I thought we were going to get married. Um, I was head over heels, I thought. And all in a matter of like two months, it went from we're going to be together to he met someone else, married her, and like <laughs> I was devastated. So... Um, I decided to make a major change in my life. I packed up all my stuff in the college that I was in, and I transferred to a different college and um, swore off men. <laughs> never again. They're all terrible, you know, like every girl does. So I was like, I'm never dating. I'm going to focus on my relationship with the Lord, and I'm going to dive into ministry. And I walk into my first day of school in, in college, and I sit down next to this blonde-headed, blue-eyed boy from Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, and so um, I sit down and begin to talk to him, and he begins to tell me where he's from and what's going on with him, and, and actually... So most of you all know I grew up here in Middle Tennessee, and uh, not in Murfreesboro, but in the, on the other side of Nashville. And uh, I thought, you know, in high school, um, there was this girl that I dated for a little while. And I thought we were, I was going to get married to my high school sweetheart. Uh, I knew that the Lord had called me to ministry. And so uh, there was a couple of different colleges that I had visited in my senior year. And, I mean, I tell you what, as soon as I stepped foot on the campus of uh, Heritage of Faith Bible Institute in Fort Worth, Texas, I knew this is where God wants me to be. And I didn't even have to audit any classes. I mean, it was as immediately as I drove on campus. It was just like there was this knowing. And so, note to self, sometimes you just have to explore things. You know, I think sometimes we just want God to just show us everything. And, but sometimes he's like, go explore. 
And then you go explore, and then all of a sudden the light bulb comes on or the green light comes on. So anyway, I knew this is where I was supposed to be. So um, my girlfriend at the time stayed here. I moved to Texas. I started school. I met Jamie. And, um, you know, this girl that I was um, in relationship with, she was a great girl, fantastic, loved the Lord, but wasn't really... uh, necessarily going to be a partner in ministry. She wasn't opposed to ministry. I just knew God had called me to it, and she was all for it. She was a cheerleader, but there's a difference between someone that's, like, happy for you and then someone that's, like, walking with you, standing beside you, yoked with you, pulling the plow with you, and she wasn't that person, and that's nothing against her at all. She's a fantastic person, and um, but you know, how infatuation and people's expectations and the the trajectory that you're on and the momentum that you have can sometimes lead you to make decisions that are not necessarily, that it seems good, but it's not necessarily exactly God's best for you. And um, so that was just kind of where I was. I was met Jamie, but um, had this relationship going on and was had every intention of, of getting married to her. Yeah. So he tells me this, and so my, you know, swearing off of boys was all of a sudden like oh oh great so you you have a serious girlfriend we can be friends so um I lean into this friendship we end up in all these different classes together and as um, the next few weeks went on I saw him playing guitar (laughs) (laughs) I saw him from afar playing guitar and here's the, the gig I grew up with guitar players and I knew that Taylor guitars which is what he was playing like, you don't buy a Taylor That one right there. You don't the buy one. a Taylor guitar if you aren't serious about playing guitar because they, they cost a little bit of money. And so um, I first noticed that he was playing, and the second noticed it was a Taylor, and I was like, and he's from Nashville. Bob Taylor will be expecting a check from Yeah, me. it's true. This is our, But um, so I, um, I also, too, part of the story, uh, some of you know that when I was in eighth grade, I told my parents I was going to live in Nashville one day. And so... Um, I was from Iowa. I had never even been here. And so when he told me he was from Nashville, I was already like, really? (laughs) So and then I saw him playing guitar. We ended up on the same worship team together. We ended up doing um, some homeless outreach together. So legitimately what happened was we developed this crazy, amazing friendship because for the first time in my life, I had no facade on me. Like I was really just me crazy quirky weird and he liked it like we it was good we were just friends and um we were able to just talk about things that I had never ever shared with any other guy because I was always afraid they would think I was weird so here I am diving into this um friendship headlong and he um had not proposed to his girlfriend back here yet but was in the process of hey I think I'm gonna ask this girl to marry me well I'm just you know along for the ride like that's awesome let's let's figure out how to ask her so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so amidst all this, we, I began to start telling him like, Hey, this, you should invite her family and your family for a big dinner and you could send her a card and you could invite her out for dinner and then you can go home. Look, I'm helping him plan an engagement for this girl. Um, I go out to my car one day at school and my car won't start and I'm, he, I am poor. I am dirt poor. I have no money right now. Like, I'm waiting tables some. And um, 
the battery was dead. And I remember I'm standing out by my car crying because I, what am I going to do? And this guy comes out all cute. And he's like, oh, no big deal. Let me jump your car. I'll take you to Pet Boys. Anybody know what Pet Boys is? Is that around here? Is that a thing? Okay. I'll take you to Pet Boys. So romantic. And um, so we walk in and sure enough, my battery's dead. And I'm like, I, I can't pay for a battery. And, and well, I was poor too, but I was less poor. <laughs> and so I had some savings and I was generous. And I said, hey, this is what friends do for one another, right? And so uh, I bought her a car battery. So, so the guys at Pat Boys are installing it. And we decided, hey, we needed something to eat. So we walked over to this Chinese restaurant. And uh, we had lunch together. It was the first kind of meal that we shared together. It's what we consider to be our first date, even though we weren't dating. Yeah, but I, um, I walked outside and was being my quirky self and fell off of, like, the... <laughs> When he cut the curb, and he reached out to grab me, and girls, it was that moment of like, well, what was that? Like, just, you know, electricity, whatever. That's what friends do for one another. <laughs> Aaron, I'm not going to do that for you, but... So, um, it was like that moment where we're like, oh, well, that was weird. What was that? So, um... We get the battery. I go, we go our separate ways, and a few days later, um, we are invited to go to a Thanksgiving meal at a friend of ours house. But before we went, we had to go pick up the engagement ring. So um, he picks me up, which is also weird. I mean, I'm riding around with him everywhere. We're together nonstop. Somebody should have been like, hello. <laughs> but nobody did. So um, we walk into Hellsburg's Jewelers. And go up to the counter to get the ring. And the woman is like, you are such a lucky girl. This ring is so beautiful. And I was like, yeah, that's not for me. That's totally not for me. And I kind of laughed it off and walked to the front of the store while he finished his transaction with her. And by the time I got to the front of the store, I was like, I want it to be for me. Oh, no. Oh, no, I think I, I, think I want that ring to be mine. But I just, I left it. I was already, I mean... I, I'd sworn off men. Come on. So um, I was like, no, that's crazy. So we leave the store after he gets the ring, and we go to Hallmark to pick out a card for this girl to send to her to invite her out for dinner. And I'm having all these, like, what is going on emotion feelings. And he goes to pick out a card. And Well, we're in, the, in this aisle together. I'm looking for the perfect card, you know, to send to this girl that I'm about to ask to marry me. And I reach for this card, and she reaches for the card at the same time, and our hands touch. And I grab her hand. And now we're holding hands. This is crazy. I'm going, what is happening right here? What is going on right now? We're here to get a card for another girl, and yet I'm holding hands with her. And we just stayed holding hands, and we walked through the rest of the mall holding hands. <laughs> That's, what, That's friends what friends do. do. <laughs> so we get in our car, we get in the car, and we drive to this Thanksgiving dinner, this pre-Thanksgiving dinner that our friends were, were hosting. And uh, we have dinner. 
we don't. I don't think we sat next to we each other. We didn't even sit. I mean, I was like, I don't know you. Like this, it was so. I felt so like, oh, this is so weird. It was weird. And I remember pulling my friend aside and being like, weird. this is so weird. What is going on? I don't even know what to do. And she was like, yeah, that is weird. And you know, everybody in Bible school pulls out like every kind of a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That's not what you, you know. They pull out every kind of scripture for you to, you know, whatever. So in that moment, there's some I'm truth like, to that. There is some truth to that. No, to self, girl. There's a lot of truth. That's why it's in the Bible. That. Yes, that's why it's in the Bible. But I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I kind of, I, this is weird. But anyway, so we leave that night and we drive home and we get lost in Fort Worth. <laughs> This is before Wait, GPS. It gets better. Nobody had GPS. In the pouring rain. It is pouring rain. Delilah's on the radio. <laughs> and uh, we get lost. Legitimately get lost. And the first time he ever said anything that made me go, oh, he kind of likes me. Um, he said, I said, man, I hate that we're lost. And he goes, well, if I'm going to be lost, at least I'm in good company. I told y'all last week I didn't have good pickup lines. <laughs> yeah, still not. But um, <laughs> so um, so he drops me off at home. We say goodbye. He leaves the next morning, and he goes back to Nashville, and he proposes to his girlfriend. So here's the deal. This is the best service ever. I'm getting all kinds of. It's like a soap opera. Um, so here's the deal with me. Here's what. Here's, Note to self, right here. Listen, this is important. Th- it is. I grew up where your word is your bond, and it was a very serious thing for me. To when you said you're going to do something, you're going to do it, no matter what you felt like. And so, um, I was I was unfortunately um, young and stupid, and I couldn't. Def- I didn't really go to the Holy Spirit about the issue. And so here I am stuck in my old pattern, although it is a good pattern to keep your word, even to your own hurt sometimes. You, your word is your bond. And the Bible has a lot to say about that as well. And so I'd made this plan. I'd, we, I'd already been talking with this girl, and we, this was the trajectory of our lives, and this is what we'd said we were going to do. And so I was willing to put my feelings aside that I were blossoming and cultivating for Jamie and this like great friendship that we had developed. I was willing to put all that aside to just keep my word. Uh, what I should have done is put all that on hold and gone to Holy Spirit and said, ah, we got a cold front and a warm front mixing right now and there's a storm brewing. But I didn't. And, uh, and so I moved forward, and so I flew home and got engaged to this girl over Thanksgiving break and then flew back to Texas. So, um, you know, you've got that month between Thanksgiving and Christmas break in college. And he came in, and at this point, his roommate, so weird, God's so funny, his roommate is dating my roommate. So now we're throwing together even more. Like, I mean, he's just around all the time. And I said, well... Um, we can't hang out like this anymore. You're engaged to another girl, and this just isn't wise. This just isn't what we should do. And so we fought everything that we were feeling and just decided we were going to do the honorable thing and not really talk to each other, not be around each other. Um, it hurt, though. Oh, it was so we were, hard. We were friends. He was my best friend at this point. 
And, okay, here's a note to self. If you are single in this room and you have someone that is your best friend, you might want to take a look at them again. Because the friendship thing, that lasts. The infatuation thing comes and goes. But when you find someone that is your best friend, do life with them. It's the best journey ever. So all that to say, so he's my best friend. I can't really talk to him. And uh, I go to work one night. I work to Olive Garden. And him and his roommate came over to play cards with my roommates. I came home, and they're all at the dining room table playing cards. And I came in, and I was like, hi, I'm going to go to my room. So I just went and hid in my room and sat on the floor and wept because I just couldn't be out there. I just It was so yucky. And uh, I, um, I guess they got the hint because not too long after that, they all left. And my roommate came to my door and knocked on my door and said, hey, you need to come out here. And I was just a mess. I said, I'm not going out there. And she said, well, actually, JD's at the door, and he needs to talk to you. So I came out around the corner and, like, saw him, and he was just as bad as I was. So I'd gone over there, you know, with my roommate to play cards because he was dating her roommate. And secretly, I was like, I want to see Jamie. And she just, you know, went to her room, and I was just like, ah. So, you know, it was getting late. We decided to leave. We go out to the car, and there's, I think, four of us in the car. And I just said, guys, um, can you hang on for a second? I need to go back up there. So I go back up there, knock on the door. Her roommate answers. She comes to the door, and I'm just like, I think I love you. And it was very emotional. It was very hard because I think... I knew at that moment, I saw, I got a glimpse of the hardship that we were about to really walk through. Because at this point, yeah, it had been difficult. It had been hard because we had not been talking to each other for a month. Because we knew that, hey, this is, you know, when you're starting to develop feelings with someone that's engaged, that's not cool. So that was a little bit of hardship. But what was laying before us, I knew was like, this is really serious now. Um some hard decisions are going to be had to made. And to be honest with you, I did not know what to do. I did not know what to do. So I tell her, I said, I think, I think, I've, I think I'm in love with you. And so I obviously reciprocated that and said, I think I'm in love with you too. Um, and he left his friends sitting out in the driveway and came in and sat down on the couch with me. And um, we started talking and he's like, I don't know what to do. I said, I don't know what to do next either. But there was this, like, moment in that, you know, I, w- I was still reeling from some things from the past, and so I'm going to give you a note to self on this. A lot of times when you are um, embarking on new relationships or even when you're in a relationship and you're going through something that you're, like, having all these emotions and weird feelings about, a lot of times it has nothing to do with what's going on here, but it has to do with the baggage of your past. And so I'm, I'm still dealing with rejection and hurt and pain from my past. And I'm looking at him going, this cannot be good. Like, how can this even, there's no way this is going to work out. Like, I, I'm going to throw my heart out there again. Because another note to self is, if you're going to love somebody, you put your heart out there. And you make it hurt. But it is worth it every time to love someone. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at him. And I have this moment that I cannot explain other than it's supernatural. I've never had it since. 
But I, you know, the Bible says that the eyes are the window to the soul. I was looking into his eyes and God gave me a glimpse in a moment of what his future was going to be. And I, I remember just like, it took my breath away. And he was giving me the opportunity to see, are you willing to hitch your ride to that? Because this is where he's going. And I was sold. I was like, yep. I will go with him wherever he goes. And so that was my like all in moment. And so he tells me, he's like, I love you. I, I don't know what to do here now. You're going to have to give me a minute to figure this out. And he leaves. So the next few weeks were a little crazy because we would see each other and we knew we loved each other. And there were times he would even say, I love you, but I gave her my word. So I have to marry her. And I would just look at him and go, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in all my life. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But he had been taught so starkly that once you give your word, you never go back on it. And that is true nine times out of ten. But when it comes to something like this, you really need to hear from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and I prefaced that, and I told you guys that, you know, it was a good thing. There's nothing wrong with this girl. Um, it just wasn't a God-ordained thing. And so I think it's really, we've got to be intentional in our lives to really, like, press in and see what has God breathed on. And that's what I want to come into agreement with. That's the path I want to, to step my feet on, not just good things. Because there's a million good things you can, you know, a million good paths that you can put your feet on. But what's the one God-breathed thing? And so that's where I was, you know, I was at that place where I had never really asked the Lord what he wanted to do with this relationship. And I think if I had, I would have, wouldn't have found myself in this mess. So, um, so life's a little crazy. He is so, um, tormented by what to do that school was not a priority. And, uh, he called me one night, he said, I'm failing this class. We're getting ready to take this final. Since we were in all these classes together, he said, when you get off work, could you bring your notes and come to IHOP? International House of Pancakes, the most romantic restaurant on the face of the planet. They have those heart pancakes. Yes, they do. It's true. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll come and I'll bring my notes and you can go through my notes, which was, come on, you all know. We didn't even look at the notes. It was stupid. I don't know. So I show up. We're at IHOP. We're talking and... He's like kind of thumbing through some things and it's getting late and we had finals the next day. I was like, I got to go. I had to go to bed. I have to take a final in the morning. So we pack up our stuff and he walks me out to the car, opens my door, and I go to get in the car. I kiss her, y'all. <laughs> um... We'll just leave that there. Um, the next day, uh, we were taking finals, and then I was going to get in my car and drive back here, back to Nashville. I was driving 700 miles back and uh, for Christmas break, and I had some, some things I had to work through. And wh whether I knew what to do, whether I should you know, pursue things with one lady or another lady or call things off with everybody, I... Um, <laughs> I, I had to make, I had to go home and face the music. So, um, 
I, that sealed the deal again for me. I was like, <laughs> okay. So I go back to my apartment, and it's like midnight, knowing he's leaving the next day to go home to break up with this girl. And I did what every self-respecting young woman in the late 90s did. I made him a mixtape. Yes, I did. It was good, too. And then I wrote him a letter. And in the letter, every title of every song was in the letter. How cheesy am I? And I made him brownies. Now, here's another note to self for the ladies. At this point, you've heard we've been in this relationship best friends. I still had never been to where he lived, ever. I didn't know where he lived. So um, I'm just going to throw this out here. Single girls, don't go chasing. Don't go showing up at his door and throwing yourself on his doorstep. Don't go texting him. Don't go calling him. Let the men pursue you. Let them pursue you. So he had been to our apartment. He had seen where I lived, but yet never had I gone there. Um, and so it's like 2 in the morning. I had made him this tape, made him a letter, and made him brownies. But I didn't know where to take them. <laughs> so I ran downstairs, and it just so happened that the, the apartment below us had a group of guys living in it that went to school with us, too. And I knock on the door at 2 in the morning, and I'm like, Ricky, Ricky. After I just told you not to do that. <laughs> but this is different. I was like, you have to take me. You have to take me to where JD lives right now. And he's like, what? I'm like, I have to go to where his car is. So at 2 in the morning, we drive across town, find his car at this apartment complex, and I leave everything on his car. Because I knew we would take finals, and we would end separately and leave. And so he comes out the next morning, and... Yeah, I see this, like, pan of brownies and a mixtape <laughs> and an envelope... And I'm like, wow, what is, what is going on here? And so I get in the car, um, I go to school, take the finals, get in my car, and start driving Nashville. And I just take the whole, like, pan of brownies, and I threw them under. didn't throw them, but I just put them under the seat of my car. And I didn't listen to the mixtape. And I don't even think I, may, I maybe have glanced at the letter, but I didn't. And the reason I didn't is because I knew if I had, I would have stayed I would have just stayed, and I would not have gone home to do what I needed to do. And so I just I drove straight through, stopped one time, I think in Texarkana or somewhere, filled up with gas, and just kept going. And I got home at some ungodly hour of the night, and my house was locked. I just sat in the driveway and slept in my car. The next morning, my dad comes out, finds me there. He says, come in. You know, your mom's going to be breakfast. I said, thanks. And I'm sitting at the breakfast table, and my, my parents reveal to me, hey, surprise, we're all going to Florida for Christmas break, and, um, and your fiancé is coming with us. And I'm like, okay. So we go to Florida. We visit all of our Florida family for a few days, and we come back. And I'm like, okay. And I, this time I've not had one moment by myself uh, to have a conversation with her. We get back to Nashville, and her family's like, guess what? We're driving to Ohio for the rest of Christmas break to see her family. So we get in the car, and <laughs> we're at her grandparents' house, and I'm like, what is going on? This is nuts. This is crazy. I can't have a conversation. Um, 
this is insane. And so I, I am at this, my fiance's grandparents' house in Ohio, and I call her. And she basically is wanting to know, like, have Did you had you the conversation? with yeah, her? Have you had the conversation yet? <laughs> and I'm like, no, there's not been a moment's notice. Click. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, like, I'm messed up. I'm, I'm totally torn up. We get back, you know, Christmas break is over. Go back to Texas. And she wants nothing to do with me. Nothing. You. No, again, my past had crept up. And it just reopened all those wounds. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm just done. And um, so there were a couple other guys that were interested in me. <laughs> so I just went ahead and started dating another guy. Hold on. Again, hold on. It was on purpose. This is not a note to self. Do not do that, girls. But um, there was a guy that I knew, you know, he knew he would see me dating. And so I was like, sure, I'll go out Upperclassmen. So, um, so I go on a couple dates with this guy, not talking to him. He would call. I, I told my roommates, tell him I'm not, I'm not talking to him. So he would call, and um, this is when the story gets really important. And, and even in a marriage, this is so important. When you have questions that are seem monstrous and you don't know what to do, and when you're single and you have the question of, is this the right person or not, seems monstrous and you don't know what to do, this is what should have happened months before. So I was really at this point where I, I literally, I don't know what to do. I'm so torn. I had failed one of my classes. I'd got laid off at my job. He was a real catch. I, yeah. <laughs> I was a train wreck. I was a mess. And I just, like, was so fed up with my life. And I said, God, I don't care what it is that you want me to do. You just tell me, and I will do it. I, God, whatever you tell me to do, that is what I want to do. That's my heart's desire. If that is to not to speak to Jamie ever again and break off my friendship with her and pursue things with my fiance, that's what I'll do. If that's to break up with my fiance and still not talk to Jamie, that's what I'll do. If it's to break up with my fiance and you give me the green light to go ahead and, and pursue things with Jamie, that's what I'll do. But God, whatever it is, you tell me what to do. I'm going to lock myself in, the, in my apartment. I'm going to lock myself in my room. I don't care if my roommate comes and knocks on the door. I'm not, I don't care if I miss classes. I don't care what I miss. I'm not leaving this place until I get a word from you, God. And I just, I don't care how many days it took. I was just that determined. I'm getting a word from God. And so I just began to pray. And I was just sitting on my bed, and I had my Bible with me. And this has had never happened up to this point in my life ever before exactly like this. And it really hasn't happened like this since. But this one moment in my life, I felt the Holy Spirit lay three different scripture references on my heart that I was not very familiar with. Usually, like, the Lord will remind you of something that you've already, like, read, Right? He brings that to your remembrance. This point, he gives me this scripture reference in Psalms, and I'm like, I have no idea what that says. So I go look it up, and it's a verse I may have read before, but I have, I don't remember. And I'm reading this, and I'm going, huh. And I get a piece of the puzzle. And I get this other scripture reference in Proverbs, same kind of thing. I have no idea what this says. I'm just going to go 
find the reference. Now, you guys remember, this is before Google. So this is before, like, oh, i got to find these scriptures to, like, support my agenda, you know. It wasn't like that at all. I didn't have an agenda. Really, my agenda was, God, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. That was my agenda. So I get this verse in, in Psalms. I get this verse in Proverbs, another piece of the puzzle, and then this uh, scripture reference in Jeremiah, which I was familiar with one verse in that entire chapter, but I felt very impressed to read the entire chapter. And, man, I just tell you what, I read these three verses. I felt like all of a sudden this overwhelming sense of peace and knowing what to do, and I felt like Holy Spirit had given me a green light to, yeah, break it off with this girl. Although she, she's a good girl, this is not what I have breathed on. And pursue things with Jamie. And man, I was like, man, I got a word from God. This is good. I, and to be honest with you, I, I think I would have been okay with whatever he would have told me to do because I just would have known that's what God wanted me to do. So this is what he tells me. And so, golly, as hard as it was, I, had, I couldn't get on an airplane. I couldn't drive back. But I had to call the girl and just say, hey, here's what's going on. Note to self, never break up with a girl on the phone. If, listen, if you listen to the Holy Spirit to begin with, you don't find yourself right, in that position. Right, 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 right. And so it, I was, I felt like a, I felt like a turd. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And a bre- breaking this girl's heart. And um, so then I move forward and I, I go to Olive Garden. I know Jamie's waiting tables that night. I would just walk straight in. She's got her back turned to me and she's at a drink station preparing drinks. And I go up behind her and I said, hey, um, I broke things off with my fiance and you and I, we can pursue things now. And she whipped around and looked at me and her eyes are this big. Call biggest her back. Saucers. She's Call like, her back. Call her back. Tell her you're wrong. <laughs> I had a word from God, you guys. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what, how she responded. It didn't matter how she reacted. I knew. And so I just looked at her with just like absolute calm and peace, not phased. I wasn't phased one bit when she did that. Was it what I was expecting? No, it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expre- ex- expecting like, hey, let's embrace and make out here in the middle of Olive Garden while you're on shift. <laughs> You know, it's not what I expected, but, but I, I wasn't phased. And I just said, no, what's done is done. And just whenever you're ready to talk, we'll talk. And then I'll, I'll give you your space. And then I left. And wasn't upset or angry or mad at God because I had a word. And I was hanging on to it. I was clinging to it. No matter what it looked like. So, you know, he has this word and here I am going on a date with another guy, and he's watching this all happen. But he knew what God had spoke to him, so he was unfazed by it. So a couple more weeks go by, and he finally, I'm still not talking to him. I have to tell you this. He wrote down on a little, like, memo pad. Do they still make those memo pads, those little teeny paper? Okay. Um, He wrote down the three scriptures on it, and he gave them to me. They didn't really mean much to me in the moment. But God started speaking to me through them later. But in, in this time, I'm like, whatever. I still have that. It's on our mirror in our bedroom, that little memo pad, piece of paper. I wish I had a picture of that. Oh, well. Um, so anyway, um, 
he comes to me after class one day and says, can I just, just one night, can I just take you out for one dinner? I just want to explain to you what has happened, where my heart sits on this, and, and then you can never talk to me again if you don't want to. And I was like, sure, one, one date. So he picks me up to take me on a date. And he did not know this. He says he did not know this, right? right, right. The guy that I had been dating at this point works as a waiter at a restaurant that we pull up to. And I'm like, oh, please don't let him be working tonight. Please don't let him be working. And we walk in, we get seated at the table. And I'm not even joking. You cannot make this up. He is our waiter. So he comes over to take our order, and I am just like slinking in my seat. But it was this really surreal, cool moment that God gave me because I had seen in his eyes where he was going. And I knew who this other guy was. And I think there's moments in life that God says, what do you want? It's your choice. And so I'm sitting there listening to him tell me everything that God's been doing in him. And I almost said his name. (laughs) Whoops. This guy is at the table, and I'm looking at he both. He means nothing to me. <laughs> I'm looking at the two of them, and I had this like moment going, yeah, I chose this. This is what I want. This is what I want. And so um, he told me what God had done in his heart, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in. And I didn't use, I didn't pull the God said card. Um, I think. <laughs> no, Sorry, no, no seriously, self. this is a note to self. When God speaks a word to you, you have to steward that. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely for you. Some oftentimes it is for other people at the right time. But you have to really discern discern that. what is the right time to tell people the things that the Lord has told you. Yeah. Uh because I knew that if I had laid it all out there and said God told me this is what's going to happen. This is going to be. I would have ran. That would have yeah. that would have been like felt like manipulation, you know, and that's that's not the heart of God was manipulation, and so I, I didn't play that card. I just it was like, hey, I just want to let you know, and, and you know, I said it in other ways and other mm-hmm. terms, without saying, you know, God told me, but. So I went back and read those scriptures after that night, and the one in Jeremiah was so, it just like was an arrow to my heart because it said, if you call to me, I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things, things that are hidden that you don't know. And we had so many questions. What is this? What's going on? And it says, I will cleanse you of all your guilt, your sin and your iniquity, and I'll restore to you peace, joy, and love. It had been so long outside of our friendship that I had found joy and peace and real love in a relationship. And it says, um, and you will call to me with the voice of joy, the voice of gladness. It's the voice of a bridegroom with his bride. And you'll say, great are you, Lord, and your mercy endures forever. And I was like, (laughs) yep, this is it. I'm going to marry this guy. And so, uh, do you have a picture? So he took me home to to meet Yeah, so spring break rolls around, and we... We make the rounds. We got to go meet the parents, right? Meet the rents. So we first drive to Iowa, and this is like supposed to be the big moment where, like, I'm supposed to ask her dad for her hand in marriage, and I just don't do it because I didn't feel released from the Holy Spirit. So 
it was really weird. We were, we were getting ready to leave Iowa and drive to Tennessee, and her mom says to her, he never had a conversation with your dad. Yeah. Like, because we, we, they were expecting it. They were expecting it to come. And Jamie's perplexed. We get in the car, and she's like, you didn't talk to my dad? I said, no. I didn't feel like it was time. Didn't feel like I had peace. Didn't feel like I had the green light from the Holy Spirit. So now here I am, developing a pattern <laughs> of listening to the Holy yeah, Spirit. So and seriously, I, this, what had happened is, in that moment in my bedroom... A couple of months before, when I was just in that moment of frustration and my life was falling apart, the Lord was doing something in me in that moment that wasn't just for, for this season in my life, but it, he was developing something, a resolve within inside of me that I have just lived for the rest of my entire life, that it is just whatever you want to do, God, just show me and I'll do it. And I've never been sorry. Have there been difficult days? Absolutely, there's been difficult days. My life has not been without trouble or hardship or people coming against me, people lying about me. But when you have that resolve, when you know that, man, God set me on this, in this trajectory. He set me on this path. He put me in this position. He set me in this direction. Then I'm unmoved. I'm, I'm, un, un, I'm unshakable because I'm standing on his word. I'm standing on what he spoke to me. And it just has become the pattern of our life that just saying yes to God, whatever it is that he wants, we're going to say yes to it. Yeah. I want to back up just really quickly to this point. You know, my mom pulled me into the kitchen and was like, he didn't ask. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he will before we leave. And she said, the moment he walked in the door, Jamie, I knew this is who you're supposed to be with. And, and this is after months of you talking to them on the phone and them going, this guy's but, bad news. Yeah, Stay yeah, away yeah. from him. And, um, and I want to just give a note to self. I know we have a lot of young adults in this room. God has given your parents charge over you. There is so much safety in turning around to them and saying, what do you think? What do you think? Because when they're godly, when they're godly parents, they have insight for you. That when you bring a young man or you bring a young woman home, they know. They just know, like, this is right or this isn't right. Listen to them. Listen to them. Because as, like, torn as I was, having my mom and dad say to me, this is the one, was just another, like, confirmation that the word of God had already given me that, like, yes, I think it is too. And so um, lean back against that as a young person. Trust the Lord in your parents because he did give them wisdom for you. So, anyway, note to We've got to wrap this up, but yep. we've got a whole other uh, section that we can yeah. tell next week. Yeah. Um, we're way over time. Yeah, go ahead. Finish this. Finish the story? Well, just that part. So, he asked me to marry him. Well, there was, not, there was a big... We came back to Tennessee and there was... Yeah, a, they, yeah we don't need to share anyway. that. Yeah. But... Things did not go as well as we planned. <laughs> as you can only imagine, it was weird. He had just broke up with a, a girl and then brought me home a few months later and said, hey, I want to marry her. So, you know, parents were like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, my parents were like, no, no, we do not give our blessing on this. But God spoke. And when you have a word from the Lord, God will be your defender. God will go before you. And so he did. And he turned that around in a matter of weeks his mom went to a conference and was like crying out to the lord saying i've prayed for him and i've prayed for his wife his whole 
childhood? What is going on? And God said, you just turned her away. So she came back home and said, ask her to marry you. So we were at Fall, Fall Creek Falls. Can we show that picture really quickly? Sure. Y'all, this is the skinny Jamie and J.D. <laughs> we were at Fall Creek Falls here in Tennessee, and he said to me, I have every intention of marrying you. And so, um, yeah, there we are. That is the time. That's the day that he told me he wanted to marry me. And so, um, yeah. It looks like Jelana. I know, everybody. It looks like Jelana. So, um, we're out of time. We're out of time. So why don't you pick this up next week? So, um, yes. Yeah, so there's kind of the love story. Please take chocolate with you as you go. But listen, come back next week because as wonderful and amazing and like there were ups and downs and hallmarky things that this part of the story is. Once we got married, there were some hurdles to jump. And I want you to know as a married couple as a single person, as a teenager, that when there are relationship hurdles that you have to jump, you can jump them and you can come out on the other side. You don't have to fight battles by yourself. And so we want to share some of those with you next week. Let's pray. Everybody stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you invite us into relationship with you, God, that you're not a... a distant God. You're not far off. You're not hiding yourself in the cosmos somewhere trying to um, not be approachable or reachable to us. But God, you invite us into relationship with you. And, and God, though, you do some things sometimes <laughs> that, that require us to pursue you. Uh, you're always there. We thank you that we have the promise that when we pursue you, you pursue us. When we draw near to you, that you draw near to us. And so God, we, we take comfort in that promise. Lord, we want to do relationships in a way that honors you, that brings honor and glory to you, Jesus. So, Lord, I just pray that as we look through this over the next, you know, two more weeks or so, that, Holy Spirit, you begin speaking to our hearts. And if there's things that we need adjustments, uh, help us. Help us say yes to those and not shy away from them. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to just to just kind of like be the hound of heaven and just um, just keep relentlessly guiding us and, and talking to us as, uh, as we walk on this process of sanctification, as we walk on this process of being in relationship with you, as we walk in this process of learning what it looks like to do relationships with others the way that you do relationship with us. Um, we thank you for that, God. We thank you. You're so kind. So, Lord, we just pray that we want to reflect you in all of our relationships. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace now and for all the ages. The people of God said amen. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what he called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. 
You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.